And a happy Wednesday to you folks. It's hump day halfway through the week. And let me tell you, today is a great day for the little things in life. We've heard from many people who are unsure and uncertain about whether their work, their hard work is actually paying off. Whether their dedication or their loyalty has merit anymore. Well, folks, don't get caught up in the things that you can't control in life. Take a look at the little successes you have. Add those together and they will open up new doors of life and success and happiness. Gratitude is a powerful practice and it can revolutionize your life forever. Now let's get this party started on a hump day. It's Wednesday. Woohoo! It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. A wild Wednesday, wacky doggy, hot doggy, weenie Wednesday, yeah, weenie Wednesday, man. It's a uh, little bit different than Taco Tuesday, that's for sure. Thirsty Thursday, mm. and of course Friday, you must be eighteen. <laughs> How you doing today, folks? My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. This is the Work Hard, Play Hard. Actually, it's called Play Hard, Work Hard. Yeah, you always want to work. Well, because I do have work, to actually, work, 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 work with you, man. Here's the irony of this thing. I know, right? I know it's called play hard, work yeah. hard, and we do play hard, and you know we're yeah. a little loose with our language, and we like to look at things in a whole different loose way. We like to check judgment in at the door. Sure. People like to listen to this while they get ready in the morning, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to be judged while they get ready in the morning. Okay? <laughs> we all do enough of that on our own, standing in front of the mirror. Work, now... The way this design, the second hour, is a little bit work hard, right? Yeah. Well, it's it, that you can flip over to that if your boss walks by. And you're not, you know, you're, there's not too many people joking around, you know, talking about different ways Kate's man cave improved their life over the weekend, if which it did, by the way, especially did in, the, you? in the boudoir. In the boudoir? Wait, is that the bathroom? It was this weekend. <laughs> And the kitchen. We are your source for irrelevant factoids. And the balcony. <laughs> and the ba- wow, you had a good weekend. Well, we put hung up lights, you know. Oh, oh okay. Tiki lights. Tiki you know, lights, yeah. Right, right. You know, okay. Um, All right. I was thinking deals. it was a totally different direction. Gotcha. <laughs> you think people believed it? Let's just go with yeah, that. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. So what do you got planned for us on this wild and wacky weenie Wednesday? Well, you know, I've been trying to figure out how we're going to get caught up with everything because no, no. you went your way. I went my way. You went East. I went West. Took us two weeks, two and a half weeks to get caught up on the time machine, which by the way, we're all caught up now. Yeah. If you go to the crudelife.com, it's like we never, it's like it never happened. That's it's like right. we were never off. Yeah. No. So that part's fun. Yeah. We've got, of course, the Bach and Barbecue coming up. All kinds of fun, exciting announcements. What do we got? We got the crew from the Bach and Bridge coming. You know, we started that in 2015 that kind of gravitated towards the youth and sponsored uh, the Bach and Bridge. That was an east-west educational thing. Of course, the Dapple protest happened the next year. Yeah, um, we got shut out on the Bakken Bridge. Went around. Yeah, that, I was going to say, how did that bridge work? Well, we try. <laughs> we, we we wanted to educate because, and this is when because of Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. This is because when I would stay in Fort Collins and in Denver, 
people were looking over their shoulder before they'd tell me that they worked in oil and gas when I talked to them in the breakfast bar. That's so weird. And I started noticing that same kind of behavior in Fargo. So I, you know, I tried to get people uh, on board with the, I called it the Bakken Bridge. Mm-hmm. It was an east-west uh, energy awareness education thing. And uh, no, I, that didn't. But there's it is no gonna, problems. And then, of course. Then there's problems. Then, then but it's a go for this year? Protest happens the next year. Well, no, we've, uh, some of the kids came back. Mm-hmm. I was talking to them, and I invited them to say, you guys want to go to the Bakken barbecue this year? Yeah, they want to go. Hell yeah. And then when I told them about the smoked potatoes, they thought that was really cool. <laughs> Spectacular. Well, a little counterculture at the barbecue by high school kids. Yeah, nothing teenagers. says edgy like smoked potatoes, man. In the... Dapple, Dakota Access Pipeline, smoked potatoes. That's right, folks. I was going to bring my you roasted asparagus. Heard it right, right here. And I know we've announced it before, but it's so good. we got to announce it again. The smoke coming out of the chimney at the Crude Life Barbecue, Bakken Barbecue booth. A lot of bees involved The BBBQ. The extra B is for BYOB. <laughs> Actually, no, Mavericks will be serving, <laughs> selling. Okay, good. Yeah, selling. It's not an open bar. Not open. It's a no, cash bar, baby. Cash yeah. Bar, <laughs> open beverages. Open beverages. Yes. They right. Open container law. Yeah. Bobcats, Caterpillars. And they nice. um, fill them full of ice, and you can grab water. And Oh, man. A lot of different places have awesome. uh, lemonade. A lot mm-hmm. of different other ones have soda, of course. Kids Corner. They you got to keep hydrated. Different set of things. But it's usually a little warm out the there. At Crude Life, we'll have... Bismarck Mayor Steve Bakken. Bismarck Mayor Steve Bakken. So fun. I like to say his name twice. He'll be shaking hands, kissing babies, handing out dapple smoked potatoes. <laughs> Not kissing hands and shaking babies. We got, that. we got that wrong last time. He's married now, so he doesn't kiss the potatoes anymore to practice. <laughs> oh, look at this. Just got a text in. Mayor Steve Bakken will not be at our booth anymore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Denies all knowledge of Jason Spees. The president of Canine Pipe Inspections, Mick Hager, will be at the Bakken Barbecue, and she's agreed to come by and hand out some potatoes for a little bit, shake hands as well. And canine in tow, probably, right? Well, it is. Got to bring a friend. We are also going to be honoring first responders that evening. Awesome. So the fire department, police department, EMTs, if you're a first responder, I'm going to bring you up on stage, and either myself, Tiffany Steiner, Jackie Jenkin, the co-founders of the Bakken Barbecue. Kelly Braun, maybe, who's with Make-A-Wish. He's yep. generally involved with the... Uh, I was just going to ask you about Make-A-Wish. Is that, is that going to be happening this year? We will be raising money for Make-A-Wish again. Okay, great. Now, in the past, I'll tell you, there's a cry session. Everybody has a good cry at the Bakken Barbecue because... I'm sure this year probably some first responder stories will come out. Oh, man, I bet. After and, the last you know, year. Yeah. So extra napkins at the yeah. Food Life booth. And in the past, we used to, I, bring, I bring a kid up on stage, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, man, when they start telling their stories, well, those kids have more courage in their pinky than we've got in our whole bodies. And they're telling these amazing stories that should be front page news and on the 24-hour news networks followed more than any sort of disaster, right? Yeah. Because these are stories of inspiration. And they're just normal life for them. That's just everyday normal life for them. And the way that they're telling the story, it's hitting you that, boy, I'm really taking my life for, for granted. Here. Oh, man, yeah. To be able to swing your legs out of bed every day, get up and just be 
at, for you know, example, healthy. one kid we brought back. Not we, we like right. I'm, you know, <laughs> trying to piggyback off make a wish a success here. Uh, well, you're part of the process there, though, right? I'm I'm very you're honored, MC and you're very honored to be a, a contributing member yeah. of the. Of you get the, to of talk the to the kids. You get, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you know, hundred thousand dollars were raised last year. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, it was. Anyway. Yeah, I was say last year. Hopefully, you know what? I could see a big outpouring this year. And we got all those Biden bucks. So in 2016, 2017, 2016, 2017, I can't remember because I'm getting old. And Aging that, like and a gray fox or like a, a silver puma. <laughs> I'm not quite the panther level. Or a sharp cheese. <laughs> Dang it. It's the flip side of that coin, isn't it? It's kind of like when you're out on a date with a younger woman and somebody comes up to you and they says, well, that guy's looks like he could be your dad. And you turn and look and say, or my mistress. Yeah, it could be okay. my mistress. Come on. How do you know I'm not? A, she's not an escort right? or a mistress here. Come on. <laughs> I could have money. That could be a little awkward. <laughs> I could have money. <laughs> what's, what's the matter with you? I could be a wealthy old guy. Come on. <laughs> Okay. What were we talking about before the self-deprecation <laughs> session started? Bach and barbecue. So the make Bach and barbecue, make a wish, boy. We First responders. right yeah. there. So up on stage, we've got this uh, young lad, and he was, uh, I think, 19 at the time. Okay. So we brought him back. His dream, his wish, was to go deep sea fishing in Alaska. Oh, man. Wow. Deep sea fishing in Alaska. And catch what? Whales? Halibut, tuna, salmon. Right. And that's if you're lucky. Right. If you're not lucky, sharks. Sharks, you know, yeah. Blue, blue marlin, I don't know. Is that up in Alaska? Probably not. I'm guessing Maybe with deep, a big giant deep sea crab. fishing, it's more about the journey, right? Well, for him, it was more about the workout. So he had to work out for a year. Mm-hmm. He had to prepare, prepare for a year with a pretty good workout mm-hmm. to the tune to where at the Bakken Barbecue in 2016 or 17, I'll have to take a look at my notes, Men's Health showed up to do an article on this young lad Wow! because of his workout to prepare for the strength involved for deep sea fishing. Right. What a great tie-in. Man. Make-A-Wish, barbecue, oil and gas. Deep sea fishing. Uh, deep sea fishing. Men's health. And men's health. I mean, it was it was one of those magical moments yeah. I had as an MC to be involved with that. Yeah, absolutely. To be sort of just part of that energy has got to be cool. It is very cool, yeah. you know. And so here I am taking pictures of the men's health people taking pictures of the young guy because I'm documenting the documentaries. Watching the watchers. Yeah, right. it's like yeah. when it's like when game day came. I took more photos of game day taking pictures of other people right. than I did. Well, of, because that's an interest. That's its story in itself, right? For me, as you know, the media technically that's yeah. the documentation for my area. You know, that's that's what I want. Again, what drew me to the whole Bakken was that you know mm. so Bakken barbecue. We're gonna have the uh, crew, so we're gonna have some high school kids up. Coming from the east side of the state. And if you don't know North Dakota, that's actually quite a haul. What are the dates? June 18th. It's the Friday. Okay. Sorry to put you on the spot there. No, that's okay. (laughs) Just thought we should throw that out since we're talking it up. Well, because the week before, the week before, I'm going to be down in the Permian Basin. That's right. I'm going to put some miles on it. I was going to say, can you get jet lagged in a car? Because you might, even though I think you're staying in the same time zone. Do you think Elon Musk would sponsor what a rocket trip? My road trip with his 
electric car to see if I could do it. You know, right now. Do you understand what I mean? I think so. So I have to drive from Fargo Mm -hmm. down to the Permian Basin. Without blowing up. That's 24 to 26 hours, depending on if I go Tulsa or Lubbock. So 1,000 miles or so, right? Depending on... but you know how the dating apps go. I'm just <laughs> I was going to say, depending on how many Frackleberry Hound stops you got to make for the girl. So how long would that take? It takes me one to three days by car. Yeah. Okay. But that's because of Frackleberry Hound. Mm-hmm. I like to stop. I don't generally like to drive more than eight hours in a day. Okay. I'm, I'm, my road warrior days are done. Yeah. I used to drive out to California and back in one and a half days because that's what it took. Yeah. You would you I'd put eighteen hours in a day and boom. Forty five minutes sleep in Virgin Canyon, Arizona. And you'd be so scared shitless because of all the activity, you'd get up and the adrenaline would take you all the way to California. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, except I was double fisting those five-hour energy drinks at the time. Oh, I did it back before the five-hour energy drinks. Trucker Trucker pills, pills, baby. Yeah. Woo. So, but we didn't. We, my hair grew too much on on one trip, and then oh, I'll never forget Topeka, Kansas, coming back because we thought on the way back we'd take Wichita Falls way, no big deal. Just sure, four days out of the out of the way to go visit a friend in the army. Friend of mine, he's on his third day of trucker pills. He looks at me in Topeka, Kansas. He goes, Jason, you got to get up and drive. This dog's been chasing us for six hours. <laughs> I, I figured he was hallucinating for a bit. <laughs> Thank goodness we're going to have first responders at the Bakken Barbecue with stories like this. Yeah, no kidding, man. I bet. Oh, geez. They'll be able to chime in with some good yeah. ones, right? They'll yeah. Like, in fact, oh. we should try to get some of the, you know, your best story you can tell us without using names. Right. First responder <laughs> story or awful night you regret story. Right? Which one is yeah, it? Yeah, biblical bad date. I mean, we got a mix there. Well, the one actually showed up for the other. Oh, the so other. <laughs> <laughs> that works. But, okay, so starting in Williston, right? I'm sorry, starting in the Williston Basin, Bismarck, North Dakota, May. We're starting next month in May. Yeah. Okay, I mean, we're, we're what? We're less than two weeks, really. Just about two and a half weeks. From the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. Mm-hmm. 30 CEOs, CEOs. Chairman, debut of the Industrial Forest Studios. Now, see, I've never been to one of these. So is it is it kind of like, is it like Thunderdome? Is 30 CEOs walk in, one leaves, that type of thing? I mean, how does this work? Generally, it's 30 CEOs walk in, Mm -hmm. 45 leave. 45. (laughs) Because they'll hire another one. They get some. (laughs) So it's like. They'll start a new company with another person. Okay. It's like gremlins. A couple get wet. Oh, so. And then a new one pops out. Don't feed your CEO after after midnight. midnight. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Don't feed your CEO after midnight. (laughs) Of course, back in the 80s, it was don't do cocaine after midnight. Otherwise, (laughs) otherwise you'll have a Fortune 500 company by noon. That was the problem with the 80s in general. Is too many people thought they could do things while doing cocaine. Isn't that the way <laughs> America was built, really? That's, okay. Yeah, that's the dream. Williston Basin Petroleum Conference. Let's see. Well, so we got some giveaways that we're going to be having. The debut of the Industrial Forest Studios, where we're going to be broadcasting live and local from. Sean Forbes will be there. Jenica Hauser is going to be there. Sterling's got planned to be there at least one day. He'll be there shaking hands, kissing babies. Yeah, I probably should swap in Saudi stories. Maybe there you go. If anybody wants to talk about living in Saudi Arabia, my guess is you'll be able to talk to quite a few CEOs about Saudi Arabia. Well, you know, at the very least, uh, like a couple of people we've talked to, is that they've either spent time over there yeah. on their own, or they've had people that they sent over there. You know, so there's that connection. Well, it's remarkable because if you've been somewhere mm-hmm. physically, you have an 
instant connection with somebody who's also been there. Absolutely. Now you start you start naming streets and mm-hmm. corners and landmarks just to see if you're both legit. There's that whole vetting process. Yeah, there is. It is. It's, were you really there? Well, yeah. it's the dogs. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the ass sniffing scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. That's just that's I a wonder, part of society. I wonder why we're all why that is such an attraction because uh, it's it's right. If you're like, yeah, I remember in Tombstone, Arizona, that place. And I'm like, oh my god, I was there too. Do you want to get existential energy? Yeah. What What's you're the existential? Trying to find out if the guy is the snake giving you the apple or not. So you think it is all about a is knowing the, the score? Is the guy a liar or not? Oh. Yeah, that's it, you know, because so many people are chuck and jivers, right? Carpet baggers, yeah. What's the other word? Uh, grifters and grafters. I don't know, but chuck and jive is awesome. I love. Well, Herb Tarlick from WKRP with the with the with the yep. plaid jacket and the hey guys, what's yep. going on? You know, <laughs> almost like the radio voice is a salesman. Just perfect. Just, Just hit a home run to where as a kid. It stuck with me. Oh yeah, I mean, stuck with. Thank me. goodness the plaid didn't. I don't even didn't. think I've seen one episode of WKRP in Cincinnati. To be honest, what, dude? I that show was off the air before I was born. Oh, I think. Oh come on. Oh well, we're gonna have to binge watch a little bit for you and throw in some Barney Miller there too. You're missing out. Now that I read about in history class. Oh god. <laughs> so after the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference, May 11th. Then you're shooting the all the way down to the Permian. Well, then we're going to. Well, no, no, more. Hang on. Oh, well, there's more. <laughs> you adding? Are you adding dates to this tour? The summer industrial forest Ooh, tour. Doggy. <laughs> so the month, the month of, of June. Okay, mm-hmm. you know how in March we featured a different woman in industry every single day for the month of March. Yeah, and it wasn't until two weeks in we realized it was Women's History Month. Right, that's funny actually, because <laughs> we feature them that every we day were anyways. just that was just who was on the dock. Yeah. And then in April, and we can go back all the way to the first of the year, but I just thought I'd start in March because in April, it's, it's keep, we're in April right now. Isn't it an Earth and month? And it's Keep America keep, Beautiful. Keep America Beautiful. So we're featuring, but not every day. We're trying to, but it's just, you know, you're busy, I'm busy, yeah. a number of different things. Um, I'm keeping American Beautiful. I'm driving to, all my trash up to Canada and dumping it over the border. We're going to be uh, cleaning the highway here next week, or this actually this week. I just got an email. They're sending uh, the orange vests are mm-hmm. coming this week in the mail, so... That was that's the holdup. Can't go out and clean the highway and tell the orange. I drove your portion yesterday. It was pretty clean, so I dumped some trash out just so you'd have something. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I love that, that Cheeto bag is from me. Can't wait to get the piss jugs. <laughs> that's Sun Team. Ever since that season of Trailer Park Boys, oh where they man, reminded everybody about a piss jug and what it was. Oh boy, <laughs> all kinds of Aquafina. <laughs> Well, wide mouth, right? Yeah. Dreamers. Never never drink Snapple the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we're going to do is in the month of June. Okay. Oh, March, by the way. uh, And then April, May next month is events, events, events. So Mm -hmm. we got barbecue bravado. We've got trade shows. Right. All month long, we're just going to feature events. Mm -hmm. For throughout the whole year, actually. So, so we're going to need the time machine again. So we're going to be like, okay, hey, you know what? Coming up in November, mark your calendar and give mm-hmm. somebody a few minutes if they want. Yeah, so absolutely. If you've got a clay shoot, you got a fishing derby, you got a trade show, you got a, if it's an event, mm-hmm. you know, just anything that brings the community and the industry together, we're going to feature that, right? Well, June is oil and gas. Oh, excuse me. Let me start over here. In June, more energy too. In yeah. June, stick it. It's water and oil do mix. So you've always heard 
water and oil don't mix. Right, I think it's in the Bible. We're going to prove to the world that water and oil do mix. Right. So we're going to go and uh, go to uh, the Black Hills and go out to Wyoming, go into Colorado, and show paddle boarding, mm-hmm. show fly fishing, show the different ways that you can actually enjoy oil and water together. Right. So we're, we're going to have to, but we're going to do kind of some of the, um, you know, spend a weekend and take a bunch of pictures. This is going to be more of a social oh, that, media. I was going to say, that sounds like hell, man. Spending a week camping and having fun. Jeez. Well, it's not really having fun if you got to work. Well, yeah, but you're in a place that's at least nice to work in. It's nice to do that kind of work versus, you know, digging ditches or Amazon assembly line. I wish we were planting trees, man. I want to plant some trees. That's coming up in okay. September. I'm hungry. September, okay. okay. And we right. might even have a place... And a school in September, too, to announce coming up shortly. School. Oh, yeah, all oh kinds gosh. of work we're working on here. He doesn't tell me anything until I show up. And then June, when we have the oil and gas yep. and, you know, do mix, water and, water and gas. Kind of like when I learned that flammable and inflammable essentially mean the same thing. Infamous? <laughs> it's extra famous? That's right. Infamous. It's extra famous, and it saves you money. This guy's so infamous. We need everything from him. So in June, we've got the Bakken Barbecue, of course. But the week before, we've got the uh, OCI, the Oil Field Connections International Luncheon, which I'll be doing some speaking at. They have uh, a couple speakers. I'll be one of the two speakers at the trade show. You gotta like, do oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just going to ask, what are you, you going to be talking about? The Industrial Forest and the Crude Life. Just kind of some of the integration of the two together. Okay. And we're going to have a booth next to the oil field connections at the Shale Energy Resources trade show. Mm-hmm. They're a week-long extravaganza. Uh, they got a concert going on that night. No, Black live music. Bash going on. Lots of good food. Goods. Yeah. If you listen to the uh, interview with Sean Forbes and Jeff Kennedy, which is available at thecrudelife.com, they'll give you all the details. What else do we got going on? That's pretty so, full summer yeah, already, so let's man. Let's just stick with that. I wonder if Elon Musk could even provide transportation for that. No, I'm being totally serious. You know, totally I, serious. No, seriously, I don't think that they've Peter done any... electric car. I don't think they've done that kind of test yet. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think I read that they've driven them like from one end of California to the other, which is right. That's thousand miles or more i mean when i was thinking about this you don my first business partner mm-hmm. you met him over the weekend he was your first business partner he was that guy yes. that's interesting he's the one i drove all over the country with listening to xm radio back wow. in the day when, Woo! well when you're driving across the flats of utah trying not there to kill ain't yourself one radio station alive yeah so you're you're paying $45 a month for XM radio and thinking the lucky stars that oh, dude, type that's of technology 45 exists. bucks of sanity. And there was OnStar, I think, was included and just all kinds of things that are no longer around. I think Friendster was around. No, oh, my kidding. God. French. <laughs> the CEO of Friendster was in the car. Lock it down, Grandpa. <laughs> Alta Vista, ass Jeeves in the trunk. It was all kinds of goodness going on back in those days. Okay. Um, anyway, it's like a so road trip with defunct technologies. <laughs> I don't even know how we got on this topic. We were talking about uh, never Don seemed this to bother weekend. us. Yeah. Uh, well, you're talking about the uh, end of the summer, right? About the electric cars. Yeah. So he brought up a good point. He would like to get one, but 
you know, he's wondering about if it's really, you know, worth the money because he likes to travel. In fact, he's moving to Georgia. Yeah. And so he's going to have to travel back and forth from Minnesota to Georgia because his grandkids are in Minneapolis and in the Fargo-Moorhead area. And he wants to golf in Georgia every day, south of, south of uh, Atlanta. Good man. He's only an hour and a half from the beaches of Florida now. Okay. Yeah. Very young 76 year old mm-hmm. that's for yeah sure. he was definitely spry does, <laughs> does much better out there than i do holy smoke oh the la- the first time only time i met him i was about to fall asleep and he's still raring to go <laughs> i mean it wasn't you know it was nine o'clock at night i'm tired and he's just all boom what do you guys say we get some after dinner omelets so what we had talked about after you left was, you know, could Tesla even do the Georgia trip? I don't think Georgia so. Georgia to Minnesota. Uh-uh. And so I started saying, you know, my trips to uh, Dickinson and Bismarck mm. and Permian and Colorado and the Black Hills. These are just trips I got planned this summer, right? Gillette. Yep. How long would that take? I mean, to go because it take infor- several hours to charge a car. Now, see, that I'm not 100% sure. I've been seeing more charge stations pop up. Right. Um, but doesn't it take 45 minutes to an I, hour? I, I think there's at least at least an hour or so. I See, last I checked in, it was two, three hours. Yeah, for, for like the, the range of Tesla that, say, you and I could probably right. afford, I'd be plugged in for four or five hours to recharge to be able totally. to come home. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So back when I first started following the electric cars, you plugged them in overnight. Mm-hmm. So they were charged so you could go to the work in the morning. Yeah. And you really couldn't get more than 150 miles in a day. And that was not even real. They were, that was like some sort of. Makes sense for town. Some sort of platitude you know? math. Yeah, right. <laughs> platitude. <laughs> well, that's really what it was. Right, right. It was more of in theory. Yeah. So don't go more than 10 miles. But yeah. It can go 150 at a full charge. Yeah. Well, then I, you know, anyway, I got down to like two hours, three hours is last I heard. And mm. it's got, you know, so I don't know if we're at 45 minutes to an hour. Anyway, let's just say an hour, an hour. Well, it's every 150 miles last I checked. So yeah. what, every two, two, three hours, you got to stop for an hour? At least. So that's back to 55 miles, yeah. dude, yeah. an hour. Yeah. We're, we're back to the 1970s when we're driving again, when, when we're, ta- right? Yeah. Aren't we? Probably, actually. So... In, from go to, to Fargo to Minneapolis, it used to take five hours yeah. back when you had to drive 55 miles in the 80s. The, the trade, 55 miles an hour. Right, right, yeah. And, until Sammy Speed Hagar limit. changed the world. Until Sammy Hagar made it cool. He said, I he became, will not drive. He became uncool. And then they all said, well, 75. And just That's, like they do it in Montana. Well, it was Montana. There didn't even used to be. It was like the Audubon up there, man. Seriously, it was Mad Max from border to border. As long as you could pay off the, the, the right, pay off the highway or outrun them with a saw buck, it was all good. <laughs> with the saw. Isn't that way it was? You give them a saw buck, you're square. I don't know, man. I've only driven through Montana a couple times, and I have never been pulled over. Yet, that was the so. urban legend: is that you could pay your settle your what your the hell fee is for like a... 10, 20 bucks right on the spot, but. It was, yeah, I don't know if it was true. Anyways, well, okay, go Depends on, on the cops. I don't even remember what I was saying now. <laughs> Electric cars, yeah. right? So um, the the biggest problem is its infrastructure. I know. Like, would there even be a place for you to charge it every two hours or every well, 150 miles? Uh, Dickinson, North Dakota, where the Bach and Barbecue is, they have kind of a, a, a renovation that came to a strip mall area. Mm-hmm. And in that parking lot, they put in the standard, you know, four restaurant type 
hub things. Right. So you've got your, your noodles food. and company, your right. Qdoba, your coffee shop. And for them, it was kind of a regional city brew. It was yeah. called strip mall food Instead court. St- basically, otherwise it's a Starbucks. Right. But essentially it's the eight different businesses in the, the, the four different pods mm-hmm. in the parking lot. And I think most people know what I'm talking about when I say this. Yeah. It's a pretty common yeah. suburban whatever. Now. Yeah, in Colorado, you've got some like things called garbanzo bean, mm. which is a Mediterranean Qdoba. Okay. It's the deli style cattle trail thing. Right. You know, you right. walk up like a cattle trail mm-hmm. and you wait in line and you tell them like a deli, like Subway, what you want. And at the end, you pay and you go. Well, these places are, are putting Tesla charging stations in with mm-hmm. premium parking, by the way. Yep. Better than the pregnant mother spot. Better than the <laughs> cop spot, first responder, military, well, they can park wherever they want. spot. Better than the handicap spot. I'm serious. Like I drove around that parking lot in Dickinson for a good five minutes looking for a spot that was close to the the, the little pod because you got to walk across yeah. traffic. Well, the. The charge station over by the Starbucks you and I used to meet at in Moorhead uh, that's in that same in Fargo, sort of, Moorhead, yeah, in yeah. That same sort of pod area. That's it's premier. It's boom. It's right there in front of the stores. Absolutely yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm that's why I'm saying it's like a premium spot. So I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm going, who's paying for that? In all honesty. Yeah. Who's is Tesla paying for that? Is the city paying for that? Does the city give Tesla money for that? Who's paying yeah, for that? I'd be and curious. At the end of the, it, does the money go right to Tesla? So I looked it up, and and it and it's it's trackable. It is all trackable, and Tesla pays for it. And like, could I set up things. a Tesla gas station or a Tesla charge station? Where, where it becomes wonky stop. is is that you know okay, are subsidies paying for this? Yeah. And you know what type? It's like it's like when you start talking about wind and solar. Companies will brag and cities will brag about how it doesn't cost them anything, but they don't include the subsidies right. in, in, in the projections when yeah. they announce it to announce the public. It, yeah. yeah, it's one of those There's things. always some under the rug stuff totally, there. Totally, totally, yeah. yeah. And so, I, so I'm wondering how much of that is going into that. But getting mm-hmm. back to just the sales road warrior tactic, right? I do wonder how long that would take to say, let's just say going to the Permian, okay, for me. Normally, I'll drive to Kansas to like either um, Topeka or Wichita. And if I'm really feeling good, Oklahoma City. That's 12 and a half hours. That's a long... and it's 12 and a half hours from here. It's a pretty uneventful, hopefully, and boring drive. Okay, that's a frackleberry sleeping drive. It's downhill, literally. All you're doing is just going south. (laughs) So it takes me a day and a half to get to the Permian. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that's... So two days, yeah. two days, right? You probably double that, I bet you, optimistically with an electric That's car. what I'm wondering. Okay, I bet you so double it. I'd have to stop in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. which is three hours from here. Or I don't even, or probably somebody before Sioux Falls. I have to find the, and what happens if someone else is there? Do I got to wait for them? Yeah. Because there's only two charging stations in Dickinson, North Dakota. Yeah. So if there's two, if there's a Tesla convention in town. My understanding is there is like about a dozen Teslas around Dickinson. Well, and are you only, can you only charge that way? Like I, I've always wondered if you, if you own a Tesla, does it come with some sort of like home kit where you install something at an outlet? You know, like, like a, a two, European like, outlet? Well, I was thinking more like for your dryer, a 220 yeah. or something yeah. like that, you know, if it requires, or it's like you can jack in at your buddy's house overnight. Probably not. Pretty sure it's not. It's not like it's not like outlet. it's not like your battery starter. No. You know, it's it's. But it's, could you jack into their dryer outlet? 
Now, see their hot tub outlet. No, you, that's you, a, no, that's you a probably question. could if, if there was a, a generator post. I see that a lot during home inspections. You know, at a cabin or something, mm-hmm. they'll have it set up for an RV or a fifth wheel or something like well, that. Well, because right now they don't they make them look like it's a gas pump. Yeah, yeah, Not they do. They they look cosmetics. all wow. Yeah, we can't shock anybody into something different. No. No. You know, like driving up on a charging pad station like our cell phones. Imagine right. when that happens. Oh, jeez. Where, where your um, your garage is your charging station. Well, yeah, eventually it would be the whole house itself would be able to charge any of the devices in it. Well, the original Tesla, who had the the God-given name you before mean, Elon you Musk mean stole it from him, uh, he had this technology 100 years ago where he had the charging stations like yeah. that. So this te- this technology existed 100 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I think the big thing with it, him it just killed people. Well, he was he was direct current. So there was if I understand it correctly, it, it would have translated to having to have more localized power stations, which probably would have been a better deal in the end than being able to disperse it in the grid form that we do now. Yeah, Nikola Tesla his his deal originated with I think there's 13 power points on the earth Mm -hmm. there's like 13 electromagnetic kind of um you know pockets that Mm -hmm. are very that you needed to have a tower on all those and if you had a tower on all those then you could make the localized and just yeah it would it would would, be like a ham radio it was like wireless energy it would relay 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 and then if well it's just like bitcoin and everything else if the door is shut, they just keep going to the next they door. They go to the next door. And eventually yeah. they'll find a door open. Yep. It kind of goes like that instead of where the other one, it just keeps circulating in the same vacuum. So that's what we're kind of in right now. I'd be curious on your on your journey down, if you're taking an electric car, I wonder if the driveless or the driverless function is set up to do that kind of trip. Because, you know, I don't hear much about, they're, they're all over the place now. They're being tested. And the only time you really hear about it is when, when one explodes Do you think crashes. anybody would be interested in something like that? Dude, if, like, like, let's, if, if, like if we were with the crude life, <laughs> if we were going to drive an electric car down to the Permian Basin for a trade show mm-hmm. and get back to the Bakken barbecue, okay, Keep in mind, we do have deadlines. Yes. Okay, so the Permian Basin Trade Show, the Shale Energy Resources Trade Show with Jeff Kennedy and the mm-hmm. good people down there, that's 6-9 and 6-10, June 9th and June 10th, right? Okay. So if I were to drive a gas-powered car, I would be back. Let's say I took three days. Oh, God. Maybe it's, like a, I, it's like a word problem. Come on, man. Let's say I took three days. If well, Jason it, left from the Permian. It's Wednesday. It's hump day. Driving at 50 math. miles an hour. Okay. It's all downhill after this anyways. <laughs> right? We're at the peak We're at the peak of the we're, week. Yeah, we're at peak, peak of the week. Of the week, week baby. Cock of the walk we right are, here. We are at peak week. So let's just say, you know, let's just say I stop in Oklahoma City. Say hello to Ken Lavin and Matt Hill. Okay. Fossil Fuel Fridays, right? Let's drop a few more names, right? Okay, sure. Maybe stop in Topeka. Say hi to the Kansas Strong fellas. <laughs> Keep driving up. Maybe I spend the night in Omaha. They got a great dog park. Frackleberry Allen gets to meet some of her bitch friends, right? You're talking about a tour now. Yeah, we'll take right. three days. That's okay. what I'm saying. Yep. In my gas-powered car... I can take three days, and actually, it'd be very relaxing mm-hmm. because normally I'm busting ass on a day and a half, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what's the now my electric car? Yeah. Okay, hang on here. Okay. So I drive down. I can I, I can leave a week ahead of time and drive down. 
because I got to figure out. Yeah, you'd really have to. You'd have to schedule that. It'd be like trip tickets back in the day. I've got to say to myself, if if I can't even make it to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, three hours from my my starting point, where 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 is the charging station? Yeah. In the middle of bum F nowhere, South Dakota, by the way. Well, dude, around here, you can have the same problem with gas stations. I mean, you, you really got a plan. The Corn Palace only sells ethanol. Right. Joke. That's a funny <laughs> joke, right? Come I on. looked through the Corn Palace. There was no ethanol. Corn Palace, ethanol. That's funny. Okay. So Beautiful place, too. Check it out. But, I mean, you've got a couple places where, okay, so you'd stop in like a Brookings or something like that, right? So you'd start, to, I don't even know Brookings, which side. You're just on. making things up now. After that, could I even get it to Omaha or I'd probably Sioux City? So Sioux City, Iowa. All of a sudden now, I've only made it as far as Sioux City, Iowa, which is five and a half hours from Fargo, mm-hmm. right? Four, five hours. Not, it's five hours. That's my day. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done because of Tesla charging things. You need to slow it down, man. It would take me five to six days to get down to the Permian with an electric car. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now on the way back, I don't even know if I could get to Dickinson because at, remember, Dickinson is five and a half hours from, from Fargo. Yeah. And not a lot in between. So that's a two-day drive with a Tesla. Mm-hmm. See, I'm thinking what we need to do is <laughs> let's come out with our uh, the new Tesla, which is a... Instead of a gas electric hybrid, it's an electric foot power. Here's the worst part about this whole thing. It's a Flintstones car. Here's the worst part about the whole thing is if I were to take a week to drive down to the Permian Mm -hmm. from Fargo, North Dakota, that would be one of the most stress-free vacations I could possibly imagine. (laughs) Well, really. It would be. It would be. I could stop at caverns in Oklahoma. Probably, probably venture over to Roswell, New Mexico, and take in an alien. Well, maybe electric cars are going to be the future of slowing down. Maybe as we speed up the technology, we'll slow down well, our lives. That's what I'm saying. Did, did the Sammy Hagar lobbyists win with I Can't Drive 55? Did they get us back to 55 in a roundabout, expensive way? If I could safely be driven in my car and not have to drive, and the car was only capable of going 55, which would drive me absolutely shit insane if i was actually driving but if i wasn't and i could spend the time talking on the phone watching a movie working relaxing taking a nap yeah i don't think i'd mind as much but for me i drive 30 40 000 miles a year and i every one of my appointments is time sensitive so it's not really an option for me right now to do an electric vehicle i don't think anybody's going to drive through the mountains of wyoming in a driverless car during the winter time seriously yeah i wouldn't drive would you drive if i was in any, charge anybody who's driven in white knuckle mm-hmm. weather related traffic not houston chicago denver car related traffic mm-hmm. that's just that actually i'd prefer a driverless car because then they'd go by laser centers and the whole deal you know right. i'd probably be the safest in that because if I sneeze, I'm dead right. in those places, right? <laughs> if, a, if a mosquito bites me, yeah. I'm dead. Now, see, in cities, it could be handy because like you and me, we don't live in Minneapolis. You drive down to Minneapolis, all of a sudden no you're problem. like, oh, I got to merge right now or I'm going to die. But you're driving through some of those, you know, you go from Sundance, Wyoming down to, you know, Weld County. Mm-hmm. That, you, you know, you're taking 585, I think is what it is. You're talking two lanes going through some of those, those hills up there and, yeah. the, and those foothills of the mountains. That is not only extremely icy, it's icy because of the wind tunnel. Mm-hmm. So you've got wind pushing you off. 
And then you've got, I don't want a driverless car. You know, I, that's. Uh, have you ever, have you ever had cruise control on in wet weather or something where it to. slips? No, but have you ever? Yeah. That's the same sort of feeling of a yeah. lack of control when you're cruise controlling and all of a sudden it starts slipping or something and you like freak out. That's how I think our generation will always be with driving. So there's cars. another conversation I have not heard from anybody. Here, all I've seen is that the government is now going to buy a gajillion electric cars. That's a real number, folks. We're investing more in electric cars than we are in roads, bridges, and pipelines, Mm -hmm. okay? Yet, what I just laid out to you is a legitimate conversation, which is if you are a salesperson or you do any travel, your world just changed, completely changed. In the same way that flights now... Now people are going to have to fly more. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean for climate change and the whole right. thing? I mean, what, this is so ass backwards. What's going on here? It makes my head hurt. I think it should all be skateboards. Now you're talking. Solar-powered skateboards. Oh, oh, that would that be fun? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Where's my hovercraft? Ah. I do think the electric car challenge would be interesting for mm-hmm. a salesperson to do this road trip. And I'm going to actually inquire more about this. We should see. I am. I'm serious. This, this mm-hmm. would be quite the uh, feat. Can you imagine you know what, how too? stressful that week would be trying we, to find different oh, charging stations? That's what I'm saying. If, if, if you had a gas-powered car, mm-hmm. it would be so fun of a vacation, and you'd, be, and you'd be working. Yeah. Now you put an electric car, and you've got stress on top of stress, trying to figure out how you're going to get energy into your transportation. Oh, my blurred. blurred. Why is nobody talking about this on The View? Well, she. heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws, all-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs, USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z.com. The Crude Life, Play Hard, Work Hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Time now to work hard on the Swan Energy phone lines. Well, let's start with a little uh, impromptu commercial. Well, tell me about your company. What is it you guys do and uh, where do you operate out of, etc.? Uh, we operate out of Idaho Falls, Idaho. Um, we focus on building a uh, Concrete structures, primarily dome structures. It's a monolithic type construction. Um, it's a little bit unique in that our domes are built on air inflated structures. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll have like a concrete ring foundation, similar to most foundations, and then we attach an air, air form to it. We inflate it with air and then go on the inside of it and we insulate it with polyurethane foam and then we, we apply engineered reinforcing rebar and, and like shotcrete to the underside of it and so at the end of the day you've got a firm hardened very durable storage facility that is uh, quite an engineering feat isn't it in your industry or is it um, is it pretty common now I guess no it's pretty it's pretty unique you know we're a design build firm so we do all our own engineering design and actual execution um, it's our engineers specialize in thin shell concrete design um, so it's yeah it's very unique we use a lot of finite element analysis in the designs and it's a, they're great buildings. Uh, energy industry, do you do you supply the energy industry with these? Yeah, you know, we've done a number of storage facilities for in the energy industry in the past, uh, mostly for coal storage. We've done a little bit in some refineries for pet, uh, for pet coke storage. Um, they make any type of product that's stored in bulk, coal, uh, Limestone, bulks, uh, pet coke, as I mentioned, um, any any bulk type of storage, we're, we do really well at. Now, um, I might ask a dumb question, so I apologize, but uh, in North Dakota, we've got a refinery in Mandan. Uh, it's a Tesoro refinery. Uh, driving through Billings, Montana, I saw a, a refinery. They're talking about another one. And you see these circular... Um, almost like space needle looking, you know, Star Wars looking dome type structures. Is that you guys? Is that a whole different, am I, am I in a different world I think here? those are different type structures. Okay, they, those must be metal then. Yeah, right? Okay, so. well we'll cut that out. <laughs> um, where, where are you guys uh, doing business in terms of clients? Um, how many states are you primarily just uh, east, west, or where, where are you guys shipping to? You no, know, we work pretty globally. We've got a lot of our work currently uh, here in uh, here on the east coast of the United States, we've got some west coast stuff. We've done work in about 28 different countries. Right now, we have a large coal storage facility in in uh, China happening. Um, so we're we're pretty globally oriented, and we're able to mobilize to, to most most places on the planet. Uh, uh, globally speaking, how how is the energy plays in other countries? Are they are they having a resurgence much like uh, is happening in America? We're seeing a lot of activity at import-export facilities and others at the actual mine sites themselves regarding coal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, uh, 
it's still a market that's a little bit new to us. We haven't penetrated it as deeply as we'd like to, but we've got you know a lot of looks like a bright future. I know uh, North Dakota. I think something like 75, 80 percent of uh, homes are powered by coal. Uh, it's a popular thing. Are you guys finding that um, the uh, coal companies are are increasing doing business with you? Are they holding back because of the uh, EPA regulations, or how is uh, you know the, the future is looking for you? I guess you know. I think um, the regulations probably we can actually go come in and solve problems for customers a lot. Um, a customer is trying to do something with a with a power plant. They might have some fugitive dust emissions that the EPA is cracking down on. Our st our dome storages work really really well for them. You know we we built domes as large as 100 meters in diameter, um, as tall as 200 feet tall. We're going to store over 100,000 tons of coal in one structure, and so it really solves problems. It keeps the coal out of the environment, keeps the fugitive dust emissions down. Um, it provides a very compact footprint area in areas that are maybe difficult for you know power plants or import-export facilities to operate in, where, where, where land is such a precious commodity, we can really consolidate their products. How, how do you guys uh, fare in the lo uh, logistics or distribution world? Um, are, are you by rail? Are you by car, f uh, fleet, by, uh, by barge? <laughs> we do. A, that's a good question. We do a lot of work where really all of them, we've done um, facilities where the product's coming in by rail, coming out by rail. We do a lot of facilities where it's a, maybe an export facility where the product comes in by truck and by rail and leaves by barge. So we have to tie into the overall mechanical system. Um, and there's quite a bit of import as well. So really whether it's truck, rail, barge, everybody has a need to store product and that's what we specialize in and we're, we're really good at it. How, how is it working internationally? Um, you know, there's some, within the energy world, there's always import-exporting talk. You're already exporting. You're, you're in the manufacturing world, is that right? Is well, the, the construction. Construction, so we, we okay. construct facilities so that, so that importers, exporters, manufacturers, suppliers can store their products. And how is it working internationally? Um, you know, working with some different uh, rules and regulations, I imagine. You know, you got to... I remember talking to the Montana RigMat guys, and they shipped to Australia, and they had to do some specialized uh, additions to their timber mm -hmm. uh, for obvious reasons—bugs and you know eggs and that sort of thing. Do, is there any you know international barriers that you guys had to go through, or is it pretty smooth sailing? You know, each project has its own unique challenge. Um, there are over here we've got our own building codes and domestically in the united states when you go over to europe they've got the euro code that you need to adhere to mm -hmm. there's a few challenges that way there's always some challenges logistically moving in um you know getting things through uh, customs and and then just overall you know some of the some of the safety aspects of a construction project we've got osha over here that you know everyone's accustomed to but you go to a foreign country and they have their own governing rule of law as far as health and safety so they've got their own They've got their own challenges, but the bottom line is we're building construction, we're builders, that's what we do. Once you figure out the nuances and the idiosyncrasies for each country, you can usually work through those. Do you go outside of coal? I mean, it, oh, yeah. it sounds like you would do uh, uh, domes and, and those types of things, you know? Yeah, so we'll do, we'll do the storage domes for all types of products, whether it's in the energy sector for like coal or for... Uh, petrochemicals like uh, pet coke we do a lot in the cement industry for clinker uh, cement itself we work in the sugar and the grain industry as far as storages 
um, a little bit in alternative alternative energy um, as far as like some of the pellet storages that they do anything that needs to be kept undercover that's what we like to store all right final question and it's more like a comment from you the floor is yours what, what, what do you want people to uh, take away from this interview uh, about your organization what do you want people to remember um, that uh, dome technology is uh, just a good solid all-around design build company that specializes in bulk construction, bulk storage facilities and material handling um, to, to enable that, uh, that storage. They can find us at dometechnology.com. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. with Jason Spies. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomena. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can see for my 20 companies, they take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Alicia Heiskell, president of GPS International. Absolutely. You know, the oil industry is, is the oil and gas industry has always been uh, environmentally focused. I mean, I know people give uh, give our industry a bad name, but we've, we've always been leaders in, in, in being environmentally responsible. Just look at our well sites compared to the um, to the you know the open mines and what they do to the environment. Pretty awful, but uh, we're super excited about this process. We've been talking about it, working on how how to make it work because you know some of those um, those emission lines, the the gas is flowing you know thousands of miles per hour. So it's like, how do you capture that to make a make a difference in the in the emissions and um, 
you know, we, we came up with an idea and tested it in a, in a very, very small scale, and it looked like it was going to work. So then we went out into Pecos. A friend of ours said, well, I've got a well you can test it on. And lo and behold, we had fire one minute, and then we had nothing the next. <laughs> so we were like, what? But anyway, we were really excited. We were all jumping up and down. What, what's the information that they need to know why this is going to help them and why it's so beneficial? Well, we've got, uh, you know, patent pending um, method to deliver our, um, our very specialized um, chemical mist. And um, it captures that methane molecule. It also um, neutralizes H2S. To listen to the full-length interview with Alicia High School with GPS International or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts with our social media network at thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and, and let me just say this, I, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. It it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, The grid operator is projecting that nearly 3 million homes in Texas 
uh, are without power today, uh, and, and there's... It's our snowy here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't... I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I, I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Hector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Hector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that, that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be, even be able to handle a, 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 the, in, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now it, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the, half the lodge went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these uh, generator, these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on a on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? JP Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m. Uh, I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.